but get registered. This is the last one. The last election was the most important. This one. This is not about Trump versus the Democrat. This is about Marxism versus liberty. If you have not figured that out yet, wake up and smell the coffee. Amen. All right. Get your Bibles out. Everybody ready for the word? Okay. That's terrible. Yeah. I'll keep you another hour. I can keep you here all day if I want to. Everybody ready for the word? All right. Thank you, Zach. Go to the Bible. Get in your Bible and go to Jude. No Jude. Jude chapter 1, verse 20. Jude 1, 20. We're going to talk about the CEO of the church. Now, now somebody would say, well, that would be Jesus. No, it's not. Jesus is the head of the church, but who is the CEO and what is a CEO? The CEO is a chief executive officer. He's the highest ranking person in a company or an institution ultimately responsible for making managerial decisions. The church, when Jesus left the earth, He left the church in the hands of the Holy Ghost. He said, it's better for you if I go away. If I don't go, he won't come. He is God. If there's one mistake we have made in the body of Christ, and we're going we're gonna to change that today, is in this church, and I believe we're going to pray that this changes all over the earth. There's an element missing in the church, and it is the person of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the CEO of the local church. If he's not, all you have is a country club. Come in here and sing three hymns, three hers, have a little Bible lesson and go home. That is not Jesus' idea of a church. Okay, Jude 1, 20. Let's let's start reading here. And, and, well, I'm, I'm... I don't have to rush today. I got all day. You, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to say this to you right now. Let's make, let's make it clear. I, I, I believe that people who don't speak in tongues can be born again. But I don't believe you have any power, and it's obvious. And I also believe that you're not obeying God. You're trying to do church without the Holy Ghost. All you're able to do is build a man-made institution that is set up to fail. Any person not filled with the Holy Ghost, born again. Jesus knew when he left, he was leading, leaving you in a hostile environment. Let me say that again. You live in a hostile environment. There are demons There's devils. There are people yielding to devils. There are Christians yielding to devils. Sometimes you yield to the devil. Jesus knew that you were going to, he was, you were going to be born again, saved, washed in the blood, made righteous, but he was leaving you here. And he was concerned about that because leaving you in a hostile environment leaves you vulnerable. So he said to you and I, Don't leave, don't even pack up and walk out of the city until you're full of the Holy Ghost. 
Because the Holy Ghost was given to you and I as our comforter, our counselor, our helper, our standby. He is the guy that walked with Jesus. Jesus didn't. Now, Jesus is God, and he didn't do anything as God until he was filled with the Holy Ghost. How did you think you were? Come on. So then Jesus went, submitted to God and went down into hell. That's a bad day. But he knew the Holy Ghost would get him out. If the Holy Ghost can get Jesus out of hell, do you think he can help you in this earth even though hell is happening around us? Absolutely. But don't even think for a moment that you're going to walk through this earth without his help and have a prosperous, victorious life, you will not. Now, not having him works real good when there's no trouble. But how many of you know that there's been a little bit of trouble lately? Even though you don't live in Seattle. Thank you, Jesus. And Chicago. Thank you, Jesus. And Washington, D.C., Thank you, Jesus. Does not mean trouble's not coming. Now, in a moment, I'm going to get into the rapture. I'm not going to tell you when it's going to happen because I don't know. And I don't think anybody does. But here's a fallacy that's happened in the church. Listen to what I'm going to say. We as pastors have failed you because of the teaching of the rapture has been the church is going to go through la-la, singing kumbaya. Jesus is going to catch us away, and the next day all hell's going to break loose. Seven years of tribulation, we're going to be up there eating grits. The Bible says the heart of the corn, that's grits. I have other heresies if y'all want to know, too. Because of this teaching, we have not prepared you. For what is coming. You're not ready. And we're going to get it done. This church is. But most churches right now don't even recognize the third person of the Godhead. Because they can't build a church with him. Because they don't want to do it his way. The Pentecostal church in America. And I went to um, my sisters. I was not a born again Christian. But the Pentecostals lost it. When they wanted to be like denominations and be dignified. The Holy Ghost will not help you with dignity. You might find yourself undignified. If you don't like carpet time. If you don't, don't like dancing wildly. If you don't like speaking in tongues, you probably don't want to be around him. And he'll make you bold. Oh, he'll make you real bold. As a matter of fact, you'll find yourself saying things that you never dreamed you'd say. And doing things you never thought you'd do. Amen. There was one lady that we were meeting one day, and she, she said to me, and it was a prayer meeting, and she came up and she handed me a, a thing to pray over the city. And she said, here's one for you, Pastor Morgan. And she said, you scare me. <laughs> and I said, why do I scare you? She says, we don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> I said, I don't either. <laughs> that was quite a compliment. Because if you know what everyone else is going to do, it isn't God. You know, you ought to read the Bible someday at the things Jesus did. 
that are really not very orthodox. Spitting in a man's eyeball? A goober. I mean, a real one. And, spent, and made mud, took mud on the ground, and stuck it up in his head and made him go to the other side of the city and wash it out. And you're thinking, well, that was absolutely stupid. I'm glad you weren't there. Are y'all out there or did you go home? On the day of Pentecost, I want y'all to know that when the Holy Ghost came, Holy Ghost said, keep it down. We don't want to bother anybody. You ever notice he blew the doors open and the windows open so everybody could hear him talking tongues? I mean, we wouldn't hear anybody talking tongues in church today. This is how we do it in church now. <laughs> you know how many times I've been preaching, start speaking in tongues, and someone will get up and head to the door. And we never see them again. Not the saints, the ain'ts. Come on, Rain. All right, let's finish reading this. Beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. That's the doorway to the supernatural. Without supernatural, all you have is a country club. If there is no signs and wonders and miracles, if nobody's getting healed and nobody's getting born again, nobody's getting filled with the Holy Ghost, nobody's getting delivered, and devils aren't coming out of anybody, all you have is a country club. Amen. Keep yourselves in the love of God. How? Have you ever had a little bit of trouble with your love walk? Pray in the Holy Ghost a whole lot more. Because you're going to need to get full of God to handle what's happening in the earth today. It's not natural to walk in agape love, much less in where we're going through. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Look for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Aren't you glad he's coming back? You know, the Bible says, comfort one another with these words. He did not say that to you so you would know you were going to miss trouble. All hell's going to break loose, comfort one another, I'll be back before all trouble. He didn't say that. He said, when all hell breaks loose, comfort one another with the words, he's coming back. We win. Someone said, well, I, I don't want to die early. That's a private rapture. <laughs> a, I mean, a guillotine is a, you're raptured. I mean, you, you're there and your head falls off. And an angel takes you up to heaven and you go, was I really that fat? I mean, <laughs> and your head rolls and I go, I did not have any hair on the back. I've never seen that. You know, what scares me is I've never seen me. I don't know why y'all think I'm ugly. I, I mean, Lisa thinks I need to lose weight, and I'm looking down like this and going, I can still see my feet. <laughs> the Holy Ghost will make you say all kind of stuff, especially when the service gets real crazy. Okay. Ask Jesse. All right. And, all right. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Look for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And on some have compassion, make a distinction. Others save with fear. Pull them out of the fire, hating the garment defiled by the flesh. Go to John 16. Go to John 16. We're going to look at a few scriptures, but let's go. He left us the best gift. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying the new birth is not a, a good gift. I, it's, it's the best. But it wasn't enough. Just being born again was not enough to take you through the earth. 
If you're here today and you've never been filled with Holy Ghost speaking tongues, uh, you might want to try this. Someone said, well, I think that's the devil. The devil has helped me more than anybody else. <laughs> Live for God. I mean, he is really helping me out. I think by now, I think the church is pretty much over that one. Since all the Baptists are filled with the Holy Ghost now. Well, maybe not all of them. There's a few out there still holding out to the last minute. John 16, let's look at what Jesus said. Verse 13. Even, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. In other words, if there's something you need to know, the Holy Ghost will show you what it is. And it also says he will guide you. Now listen to what I'm going to say. There is two paths for you, yours and his. Yours will lead you to failure because you're on your own. I'm going to come over here. I want you to get that. Your path will lead you to failure because you're facing. The devil will kill you. And he has intentions to kill you. Is that right, Nathan? <laughs> Nathan had a brain tumor. Had a brain tumor. I mean, the devil tried to kill this man. Let's listen, listen to me. You think the devil's playing a game? He's not playing a game with you. He has full intentions on killing you, taking you out and dragging you to hell. He has full intentions on doing it. And unless you're full of the Holy Ghost, he will succeed. That's a scary thing to say. Ten years ago, ah, you might have made it along with Kumbaya. We're entering into a time now where you need a little bit of equipment. And I'm not talking about an AR. Wouldn't hurt to have an AR and a little ammo, but I'll tell you what, I'll trade the AR for the Holy Ghost any day of the week and twice on Sunday. He will guide you into all truth. Now let's talk about him guiding you. Because I know you got your plans and you've been told you can be anything you want to be, baby. No, you can't. Because when I got born again, before I got born again, I wanted to be a, a forest ranger. Then I found out that you had to do math, and I decided I was going to be a game warden. Then when I found out they didn't want me, I became a poacher. Never mind. Well, let's, come, let's talk about Jesus. The rest of that don't matter. When I got born again, y'all understand I am from Georgia. I came to the Jesus festivals. When I came to Orlando, I noticed something very distinct about this place. Orlando stinks like fish. Now, if you're not, if you're, if you're from here, you don't smell it anymore because you, never mind. But I, I, I came down to Florida. I, I'm from a place where there are seasons. September's when you get your flannel shirts out and your hunting boots and, and it gets cool and the leaves fall. They fall here in the spring because the leaves are pushed off by the new leaves. It'll never fall. And then we have seasons here, hot, hot, hotter and hottest. And a couple of days of cool weather. And so there was nothing about Orlando. Nothing, it was not, I never had a dream to go to Mickey Mouse. I didn't, I went to a small world once. I went, are you serious? Even the boys were like, 
where's the BB guns? You know, so, 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 when I went, so then, then when I got saved, I was going to go preach the gospel and the Lord told me to go to Oklahoma. I lost nothing in Oklahoma. There's nothing out there. They don't even have trees. And there are still Indians out there. And it's not the, I mean, but anyway, the Lord said, so I, I went, I went. And after I went through my days at Raymond, which were awesome, best days of my life, really, some of the best, then the Lord spoke to me and he sent me to back to Orlando. I went, Orlando, no, no, no. Not Mickey Mouse, no. But anyway, I kept praying and I kept praying. There was only one person that wanted me. It was Tom Copeland, so I came here. And I'm glad I did. I found Lisa. She was worth finding. And then I thought, we need to leave. And then I started a 501c3, an evangelistic association. Wings of Freedom. Got my pilot's license. Got my Kenneth Copeland license and my Kenneth Copeland Bible and my Kenneth Copeland everything. And I'm going to be Kenneth Copeland. And that was real good until I got down in my airplane to Haiti. And the Lord said to me, when you get home... There's a church in Apopka that wants you to pastor it called Word of Life. You're the next pastor. And I said, no, no, I'm not. I didn't even have pastor's class. And I told the Lord, I'm not a pastor. And all the money dried up except here. Go where the money's falling out of the sky. That's where you're supposed to be. Just, just find the money and you find the will of God. Amen. So anyway, he, I took this church, and, and, and Marshall was, said they're still going to look and find a real pastor, and, and then he dies on me, and that just makes me mad, and he still hadn't done his job, waiting on Betty now, and she's still slacking. Oh, don't talk to her. She's liable to say amen right now. We'll get rid of you tomorrow. No. So, so I want you to understand, I've never, I've never had my plans he hadn't listened to anything I've ever said. He ain't listening to you either. There is a path. There is a plan of God for you. And when the Holy Ghost is in the middle of it, there will be victory and there will be success in that plan. He's already got it. Now listen, when God made uh, uh, the Garden of Eden, he put the provision there before man came. When he, when he told Elijah to go to the brook Cherith, he told the ravens, feed him at Cherith. You don't show up at the Wakiva River and believe God if he told you to go to the brook Cherith. You better be at the brook he told you to be at. So the Holy Ghost is your guide. And he's not guiding you if you don't know him very well. Benny Hinn wrote a book one time called Good Morning Holy Ghost. I mean, why is it that the church is trying to build, a, to build a church on God the Father and God the Son and the Holy Ghost is not allowed in the building? You want a Holy Ghost? We got a room back there for you. No, I don't think so. The reason for it is, just like me, you don't know what he's going to do. I mean, we don't, I don't know from Sunday to morning to Sunday morning, what's going to happen here today? Hallelujah. I've been preaching before and God look at me and go, well, that person right back there ain't saved. And I'm going, really? He says, walk back there and get them born again right while you're preaching. And because of that, some people go, I'm leaving now. <laughs> we had a lady came in one time, and she was a lesbian. And I'm preaching, and the, and, and, the, and the demons, they know the Holy Ghost. Starts manifesting. 
Falls out of her chair on the floor, starts jumping around. And this church, you know, if you don't go to Venezuela and, and Colombia, you don't see that kind of stuff. I, you go to overseas, you see it all the time. You're preaching on and people, you know, devils manifest here. Ah! They manifest here, but more in Seattle. I'm congregating up there right now. And someone says they're going to other cities too, but so. Anyway, you go political again. Yeah, I did. The Holy Spirit is your guide. The Bible says that Jesus, filled with the Holy Ghost, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. I don't want to be led to be tempted. I know you don't, but you will be. After you meet Jesus, the next person you're going to meet is the devil. Someone said, I got saved and all hell broke loose. Well, we know you got saved. Because he's going to do everything in his power to stop you. That is why he said, don't leave Jerusalem until you're endued with power. Because, Because you have enough power to overcome if you will yield. Are y'all getting this? All right. Having said that, let's go to Acts chapter 1. I'm just getting cranked up now. I haven't even got started yet. I'm still on, I'm still on, I'm still taxiing. Some of y'all have no idea what that means. We haven't hit hit the afterburners yet. (laughs) Acts 1, 5. John baptized with water and you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. They're already born again. They were saved. They, 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 it says in John 20, he says, peace I leave to you. He says, and he, then he said, he breathed and said, receive the Holy Spirit. They were, they, were the, they were all born again. If you believe he died on the cross, rose to the dead, you're saved. Did the disciples already believe he died on the cross, rose to the dead? Yeah. yeah, he did. They were all out there for 50 days. They were already all born again. So this is not the new birth. This is power. If he needed power, did Jesus need power? Well, he's God and he needed power. Do you need power? You better believe you need power. We're going to have to return to the Holy Ghost of the book of Acts. We are as the, listen, listen to me real careful. The church in America today is going to have to come back to this, to the book of Acts, Holy Ghost. It's been lost, but the Holy Spirit is bringing this back. He told, uh, what's, the, what's the pastor in, uh, Kenneth Copeland's pastor's name? George Pearson. George Pearson. J- Jesus told George Pearson, I want my church back. Somebody hijacked Jesus' church. I told him he can have this one. Hey, that is why I preach crazy sermons, because sometimes... He says, this is what I want you to do. And that's what I'm doing today. Hey, hey, hey. It took me a week to get this. I'm glad you showed up. (laughs) Acts 1.8. And you shall receive power. Say power. When the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be witnesses to me. The word witnesses is the Greek word martyr. (laughs) We won't cover that one today. I didn't think you'd like it. To me in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria are on the ends of the earth. Listen to me one more time. Listen. All of the gifts of the Spirit are for you and you need them you don't need to be living on this planet without the without a word of knowledge without a word of wisdom without special faith without working some miracles you need all of the gifts that he gave you not just in church i've had the holy ghost tell me where the deer are and fish 
If you need food, how would you like for the Holy Ghost to tell you where it is? How would you like him to tell you where the money is? And he will. I don't have time to do it right now. I mean, I got, I'm run, I'll be running out of time. But I've had words of knowledge over toilets. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. When I've walked up to things and went, eh, I don't know how to even fix this thing. And the Holy Ghost would tell me, well, you need to do this and that. And I'm going to tell you, it's cool living in the Spirit. Man, it sure saves you a lot of trouble. Now, I shop different than Lisa. I shop in the Spirit. When, when, I, when I was, you know, got my motorcycle, I wanted one of them leather jackets to put chariots on the back of it. You know, I, I, just, I just don't want to shop till I drop. I have things to do. And the Holy Ghost said, it's Sanford in Dillard's back door, bottom rack, third coat from the end is your jacket. That's cool. I get on my bike. I go to Sanford. I get off the bike. I walked in there. One, ten. One, two, three. Extra. Well, he didn't say, and if that doesn't work, then go to Belk's. <laughs> that would make the Holy Ghost a woman. Lisa wants to make sure she gets the best deal. I said, Holy Ghost, what's the best deal? Come on, y'all. I mean, it's, it's whatever floats your boat. And I've had him tell me where the fish are. I was in a tree stand one time. And he says, and, and this is like a dumb question. Were you planning on killing a deer? <laughs> well, that's why I put on camera, got a gun. Yes. He said, well, you won't shoot one from this stand. I went. <laughs> he said, get down and go to the other side of the property on the corner and I'll show you where the deer are. That's cool. But he doesn't just care about deer. He cares about people. He cares about you. He showed me those so I would know that he cares about the little things in my life, not just people in church. And he cares about you. We are supposed to be Holy Ghost people. Did he help Jesus with his taxes? He'll help you with your taxes. It may not be a fish. It might be a cat. I don't know what it'll be. A dog with a bag in its mouth. Amen. I'm just prophesying. Go to Acts 13. Go to Acts 13. I want, to show, I want you to see this in your Bible. Say, turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you. All right. The Holy Spirit <laughs> is the CEO of the church. One of the reasons the church has been a complete failure in America is he's not the CEO of the church. Now, he needs to be yours. It starts with you. You can't worry about what's going on in the church. It just begins with you and you going, you know what? Starting today, uh, I'm going to be led. They that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Follow peace. Very often when he's talking to you, your head will be going, don't do that. And your heart will be going, yes, do it. The other way happens too when he's, you go, that is a good deal. And the Holy Ghost goes, no, it's not. Don't do that. I had a man gave me an airplane one time. Oh, I was so excited. Cessna 310 C model, 250 horsepower Lycoming zone each wing, 180 miles an hour. And the Lord said, uh-uh. I went, sir, let's talk about this. He said, do you want to be in an airplane? I said, no. I went, uh-uh. 
Never mind. I didn't take it. <laughs> I've had times he told me no, and I did it. Cost me $50,000. I went back and went, can we do this over? I'll listen next time. Okay. All right. All right. When you get married, be led by the Spirit. God knows things about your spouse. Nobody knows. He knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right. Acts 13. So when the Lord told me one day, I said, this is your next wife. I went, all right. I only dated two women. Married them both. This ain't a Hallmark movie, honey. I'm not going to tell you the rest of the story. (laughs) Acts 13.1. Now at the church there was Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who's called Nigran, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, what's he talking about? Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work I called them to do. Let me tell you something. When he called me, listen, all I've ever had to do was just do what he said. That's all I've ever had to do. I walked on this property back. I don't know whether you all know this story or not. But I walked on this property. We had a little church over there in the shopping center with 50 people. I think we had $200 in the checkbook. And I walked on this property and the Holy Ghost said, buy it. And I went, okay. With what? And I got, and, and this, and so I started praying, and this guy said, Go to the bank and take Lisa with you. And I went in there, and Lisa going smiling at me, and they went, What do you want, honey? And they just loaned us the money. No, you can't borrow Lisa. But she just goes in place, and they go, What do you need? We just give you all the money you want. So every time I need money, I send Lisa to the bank. No, but listen, we, put, we paid $125,000 for this land. Tell me, tell me what you think about that. That's in, this was a horse pasture. Vic Road was a dirt road. There wasn't nothing out here but refrigerators thrown off on the side of the road. This was the city dump. But God knew what was going to happen. It's worth about a million and a half now. Have I been tempted? Only slightly. It's in my name. I own it. I'm a millionaire. Sort of. What do you call that? Land rich? It's in yours? How did you pull that off on me? You sent you to the bank. So I'm married to a millionaire. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. What do you want me to do, ma'am? You want coffee, ma'am? You want breakfast in bed? All right. Are y'all, okay, we're getting, this is fun, but we're, are you getting this? There, there's been, the church has made too many mistakes because they're trying to do the work of God without the Holy Ghost. You say you, you're asking God the Father, but God did not, God the Father's not down here. 
God the Father's not down here. He's not, he's not running the church. He sent Jesus and Jesus left. And he sent the Holy Ghost. Okay. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work I called them to. Now, I'm not saying he called you to the ministry. He may have called you to be a businessman. He may have called you to be a housewife. He may have called you the Republican Party. But I'm going to tell you something. If you get in the middle of the will of God, the Holy Ghost will help you there. And you need to be there. We need to be Holy Ghost people. We've got to come back to being Holy Ghost people. And and, and now now, now let me back up here again and make a statement to you. And, And we went through a season in the church where the teacher was predominant. And he needed to be because the church was ignorant. Do you remember back in the 70s when Kenneth Copeland and, and Kenneth Hagin all started talking about how the church, you know, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge? And the teacher became primary. As of October of 2019, the teacher has no longer primary. We don't need teaching. We're taught Now we need obedience. Now we need to enter a time of the prophets where the prophets are preaching because the teachers can't find the word COVID in the Bible. They can't help us. Oh, they can. I'm not saying that he's done away with that gift. But we've entered a time. The early Pentecostal church, go back and study history, most of the pastors got their sermons in prayer not from, not from studying. We're coming back in a time now where you're going to start hearing pastors step over into more of a prophetic anointing to preach than from just studying the Word. Because there's a lot of stuff going on today, you can't find it in here. Don't shout me down. I might be one. I think I is. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> you know, I tried to be dignified once. <laughs> it lasts in about five minutes. I want you to go to Second Thessalonians now. We're going to change gears and shift into second gear. Sec- no, First Thessalonians. I found that out last that I was wrong, which is my second time this year. I want to talk now. Now I'm getting to the meat of where I wanted to go. There, because of the teaching of the rapture of the church, the church in America is not prepared for the time. We, we, the, we the pastors have messed you up. You're still sitting here waiting for someone to teach you a little Bible. You come to church that way. You just sit down and teach me something I've never heard before. Try that at home with your mama. Feed me something I've never eaten before. Amen. The rapture, the the rapture teaching got started by a guy named Davis in 1830. Before that, there was no teaching in the church ever from the founding, from, from, the, from, the, from the apostles till, till 1830. There wasn't. And this guy found the word, caught away, 
catch up, came up with a rapture teaching that his notes got in the Schofield Reference Bible and it became doctrine. Now understand that the rapture teaching we have in the church today is prominently, we've been preaching this since 1950. How many of you know that in 1950, they didn't know as much as we know now? How many of you think there's some holes in it? There is. I'm going to show you where it came from, and and my whole point of doing this is this. We're headed into trouble. We're not, there is no escape clause for God to get you out of here before trouble comes. But you are equipped. I am, hang with me, and as a pastor, I'm going to teach you how to walk in the Spirit. If you'll learn it, you, in the world you will have trouble, but I've overcome the world. He did it by being full of the Holy Ghost. You, can, you and I are going to do it. It's not hard to do, but that's something that the church has got to come back to. Do y'all, you see where I'm going with this? Because i got to prove to you that what happened with the rapture. The rapture teaching is la, 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 bang, we're gone, all hell breaks loose. Not true. Did you know that, is it Medina or Medusa or Medessa, the, the company in America? Who, who would have thought that the mark of the beast was coming out of the U.S.? They've already, they've already on stage three of testing the, the uh, vaccine that you put on your hand with a Band-Aid and it puts a gel in you that puts microchips in you and they're on the third stage of it. They're having problems because all of them rats that they're using are dying of cancer. They don't have it perfected yet. But it's got all of your information on a chip that will go in you just putting a Band-Aid on your hand. It's... Folks, I don't know where we are in the book of Revelation, but I know that we're kind of closer than we were in 1950. When Jesus told Brother Hagin, it's close. Well, what are we now? Closer. So we're watching this stuff, and, and it's like we, we're going, where are we in the seals? And I, I don't know. Close time to pay attention. So I want to show you the rapture teaching so that you'll know, so you'll be up on it. And I'm not saying we're not going to get up because we will, I believe in pre-wrath before wrath comes, but, but I have, but I have a problem with, with one. The, The wrath came down on Sodom the day they got out, not seven years before. And Noah, kind of same thing, you know, when water came down, but went up. And then say the water, you know, the boat went up seven years and then the rain came down. Never mind. So, so there's a lot of stuff that's not, not, there's a lot of pieces that aren't fitting. Do they know? No. How come all the prophecy teachers never mentioned Corona? Because they don't know. They got to sell tapes and CDs, but they don't know. That all they've ever preached is the, is the European Union. But it's happening in America. Never mind. Are you all ready? Let's find out where it came from. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 9. God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation. Is that true? Yes, it is true. 
you are not appointed to wrath. That means that you will not experience the wrath of God. But now the modern day rapture preaching says that the book of Revelation is the tribulation period and it is the wrath. But there is nothing in your Bible to substantiate that. There's nothing in there about that. That's a, that's a supposition. You can't build your life on the supposition of somebody. Right? Am I right? So whenever you don't know, just go, I don't know. You see, I don't know whether y'all know the first seal is a guy in a white coat with a crown. That's a white coat with a corona. Could that be a doctor? I don't know. But it begs to think about a little bit since they shut the whole stinking earth down. I would have put it in the Bible if I was God. But is that, I don't know. I don't know. But I know I'm paying attention. All right, now I'm going to read to you where the rapture teaching came from. Chapter, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. These things I looked, and behold, a door was standing open in heaven. The first voice which I heard was a trumpet. Not talking about the president. And so someone said, there it is, the trumpet sounded. It didn't say that, did it? Is that, does your Bible say that, that he sounded a trumpet? It says that it was, a, it was a voice that sounded like a trumpet. And he said, come up here. And they said, there you go. There's, there's the rapture. That doesn't look, I think what that says is that Jesus told John to come up. I just kind of read it and go, he said, come up here. I want to talk to you. Now, you, if you want to believe that, that's fine, but I'm having a hard time uh, building a doctrine on a type and a shadow of, now, now, here, now someone says, well, well, it has to be the rapture because we're not appointed to wrath and the tribulation is wrath. Who said there's nothing in your Bible that says that. Then they say, they, I'm, thinking, I'm not sure these people can read. Now, I don't know any more than, than they do, but at least I'm telling you I don't know. So when I leave, you'll leave the day and say, what did he preach on? Well, he just told us he didn't know anything. <laughs> okay. Revelation chapter 13. I mean, this is getting kind of far over here in this time, you know. Verse 7, it says, it was granted to him to make war with the saints. That's the Antichrist. Oh, we're gone. I think. Well, then someone says, well, that's the Jews. I hope. <laughs> but we don't. Where'd you get that? Well, we think. Well, that don't work. <laughs> In other words, what I'm telling you is there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff we haven't put together. Um, it was Jack Hayford that said, I don't believe in pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib, but I do believe in pre-wrath. We will not be here for wrath. But the wrath doesn't fall in the Bible until the seventh seal. Now, what does that mean? All, all I'm trying to do right here today, just listen to me. Get, get your life out of la-la. You cannot afford to enter the next, we, I believe we will have a war on, in the U.S. I asked Mary Friend, she says yes. Do I like that? If Trump wins, we're going to have a war. If Trump loses, 
we're going to have a war. So what is 50 and 50? (laughs) The Marxist government that's trying to take over is not going to go, ah, he won, we lost, let's go home. I don't think so. So we understand that we're living in this time, and I'm going to show you where we are, and, and maybe I shouldn't. The Bible says that, that Jesus called the pandemics and the earthquakes and the hurricanes in Louisiana and, the, and Ohio a hurricane wiping out all the crops, which you need to think about. He said that's the beginning of sorrows. If that's the beginning, at least we know something of where we are. That means that the baby is in the birth canal and labor pains have begun to Jesus returning. All right, now in Thessalonica, Jesus' statement, comfort one another with these words, was not geared toward, don't worry, I'll get you out of here before the tribulation begins, and comfort one another with these words. That's not what he said. He said, when all hell breaks loose, comfort one another, I'm coming back. So we win. Comfort, we win. We're going home. We're out of here. It won't be long. We're, we're, we're watching the earth groan. We're watching Satan's last battle. We're, we're watching righteousness at a war with unrighteousness. We're watching a satanic kingdom trying to hold on to what he's got while the kingdom of God is being birthed into the earth. And he says, when you see these things, look up and rejoice. Your redemption is drawing nigh. We're headed out of here, baby. We're going home. But in the meantime, back at the ranch, hold fast until I come. It is imperative that you and I get full of God. Not a doctrine. You got to get empty of you to get full of something else. Now, I'm going to say something. I'm not picking on move of God. I've been to many of them. We've had many in the church. I've watched people walk into a move of God and go home, and they're as mean when they got home as they were when they went. That used to bother me, and I thought, why is that? I, there was a lady in this church, and her husband and her were in a meeting. We had a Holy Ghost meeting in our church. And they're laying on the floor drunk in the Holy Ghost, and the next week he divorced her. And I went, how did that work? I'm not anti-move of God. But he never got emptied of him. Just because God touched you doesn't mean that you're still, you need, we need, we need some good old fashioned uh, hellfire damnation preaching back in the church now. Put your flesh under. Get you out of the way. Get back in the will of God. Come on, get empty of you and get back in his will. And we're not going to see a move of God until we do. Now, I've seen, I've seen Christians used to bother me. They're, they're not doing the Word of God. They're just sitting in church listening. Oh, I went to church today. Hallelujah. I got my mark in the book. <laughs> and Monday, nothing's any different. Too many, we've seen too much of this. This will change. The Spirit of God is raising up a church full of God. 
And I'm not talking about just praying in tongues, but I'm talking about full of God. And I'm going to tell you something. Satan jumped on Jesus. Did not turn out real well. well before he returns, he's going to jump on Jesus again. It will not turn out real well. The church is God's only answer to the problem in the world. Watch the TV and go, we're the answer. Think we can do it? Will we do it? Well, we got three people. Can I have four? 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 Can I want five? I want five? Give me five. Give me five. Give me five. Okay, I want five. Six. Only I want give me six. If you do this for a living, you got to have a little bit of fun. You just have to have fun. You just. Page two. No, not really. We're going to take communion this morning. So if they will bring the elements in, ah, I did it again. I'm doing good. This is the first. It took me two minutes longer this time than it did last time. We're going to take communion. I didn't have time to do this, and I'm not going to do it in this service, but there's a place in the book of James that talks about, the book of James is a, is a book written by a pastor to a church. It's not an apostle. P- pick up the book of James and read it, and there's a lot in there about l- the way we live. If, if things aren't working for you, you need to draw near. I'm not talking about a little 10-minute prayer time. I'm talking about some serious, serious time with God. I've been, I've been spending a lot of time in prayer. I mean, an enormous amount of time. Lisa will tell you, I, I sometimes wake up and go in my little office and don't come out till almost dark, in and out all day. But the Lord said this to me, don't allow the devil in your church anymore. You run him out. Don't allow him in your home either. Run him off. Don't allow rebellion. Don't allow stubbornness in your house any longer. Now, I'm just talking about my time with God. Don't deal with, don't get upset with people. I'm not talking about people. We're talking about a spirit. There's a lot of things we need to do in the Holy Ghost. Get in there and pray in the Holy Ghost and deal with stuff that's going on in your house. Going home in your church, going home in the, going on in this nation. We're going to have to drive this stuff out of this nation. And we're going to do it in prayer. We're going to do it at the, vote, at the polls. We're going to vote some. Listen, we, this, this election is not about Trump versus, what's the other guy's name? The guy in the basement? Huh? Biden. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've never heard him tell a speech. I don't think he's ever heard himself give a speech. This is about an antichrist, Marxist government trying to overthrow the U.S. They're antichrist and they're anti-God. And, I, and Trump is not my pastor. He's not a pastor. He's not supposed to be nice. I'm glad General George Patton wasn't a sissy. 
Whenever you have a war going on, you bring the warrior. So so I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to make a statement to you. Sheep do not know the difference between a sheepdog and a wolf because they both have fangs. You think Trump is a wolf because he's got teeth. He's not. He's the sheepdog protecting you from the wolf. And you're sitting back there going, eh, got fangs. Ah. My God, I hope he's got some fangs. Boy, this is getting political in a heartbeat, isn't it? I mean, we're getting bad. I love it. Woo! Woo! I told you the Holy Ghost will make you say things you never thought of. Folks, this is very strategic. We're going to have to come out of la la, get serious. Come on, get your prayer life back up. Get full of the... Beloved, build yourself up. Own your most holy faith. You are not going to make it without him. But with him, you're going to make it. In. You're going to fly through this. I mean, you're going to sail through this. Full of God. Amen. Now listen to one more thing. Just one more thing. Did the Holy Ghost help Jesus in his life? Yes. What was Jesus' worst day? You wake up in hell, that's a bad day. I mean, you're down there and all the people screaming, there's fires. Did the Holy Ghost get him out? Yes. You think he can help you? Yes. You think he can get you out of stuff? Yes. You better believe he can. And he will. Yes. Well, there's a whole lot more to this than you know. There's a whole lot more to him than you know. He's a whole lot more than tongues, and he's a whole lot more than interpretation, and he's a whole lot more than you falling down. He's almighty God, and he's God almighty. And he is the first and the last, just like his father and just like the son. He is almighty God, and he wants to live in you and live big in you just like he did Jesus. And then, I did not leave you alone, and I will not leave you comfortless, and this will not be a struggle for you. Ha, 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 if you'll listen to me. You will go through. In grand style. But you go to Hame, and then you're going to Hagalekone, Unshileba. You're going to have to come back. You're going to have to come back to the foundation that I set in the book of Acts. This is my church, and the gates of hell will not stand against my church. Ha, ha, ha. Tell the devil, ha, ha, ha. Say, my best days are ahead. One more thing. Don't be ashamed of the Holy Ghost. If Antifa can emineffin, think about it a while. They're talking nasty in the streets. You can pray in tongues in public. Since when did you care? For your information, all the people you think are looking at you aren't. What are they going to think about me? They're thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about you at all. So go ahead and just pray in the Holy Ghost Every, go to Walmart. Now, listen, under the mask. Under 
I like something Rodney Howard Brown says. We're not supposed to live on this earth sober. When you're drunk, you don't care. So if you have too many cares, go get drunk. In the spirit. Say hallelujah. Say, I'm going to make it. We are Holy Ghost men and women. Amen. That's awesome, isn't it? All right. Let's, we're going to do communion in case you haven't figured out. There's, there's only grape juice up here and crackers. It's not real wine. I know y'all were hoping it was. We wouldn't spend that kind of money in this church on y'all for nothing. No, I'm teasing. That's not true. <laughs> and we've made it to where you can be Corona safe. Nobody's touched your, well, they touched it with a glove. You can eat it in peace. But I want to pray before you come up. We take communion for this reason. You can only be saved once. But you can get back in fellowship over and over and over and over. And Jesus said, as often as you drink this cup and take this bread, you do show my death. Why do we do this? Because sometimes we need to come back and go, I made it here because of the blood. I am where I am because of the blood. If without the blood of Jesus, you couldn't have gotten born again. Without the blood of Jesus, you couldn't have had your sins washed away. And it was the blood and you didn't do anything. And every once in a while, you get in a mess and you need to go back and remember that if you want God answering your prayers, he said, you have communion. I will meet you at the mercy seat. The, the, the word mercy seat right there is I'm going to meet you at the blood. You want to talk to me? Meet me at the blood. So we have communion, not so we can just have an ordinance in the church, but some of you right now need to have a meeting with God. You need prayers answered. You need healing in your body. You need things to change in your life. Meet him right here at the blood. Walk up here and go, because of the blood of Jesus, you died for me. You shed your blood for me. You made me righteous. And then you answer my prayers because of Jesus. And I'm back up here right now, and I'm meeting you at the blood. He said, you can enter his gates. You can come into his presence and get your prayers answered. And I'm going to tell you something. Because of the blood, there's protection. Because of the blood, Satan can't cross it. Can't cross the bloodline. You having devil problems? Get rid of them in the communion service. So in a moment, I'm going to turn you loose and let you come up. When you go back and sit down, then we're all going to pray together. Amen? Someone play some special uh, communion blood service, anti-COVID-19 music, and you guys come on. We'll start over here in this corner and have you guys come up and just file by, pick it up, and go back, and then we'll finish the rest of the building. You guys, come on. Let's go. Say amen. few more people in this service than the last one. Where'd y'all come from? I put a few more chairs out. I was expecting y'all.
This has always been a special time for me. Several months ago, I was praying and praying and praying, and I, I was dealing with something in my soul I couldn't shake. I went and got Mark Hankins' book on the blood. I needed to get my mind back on what Jesus did and get it off my problem. And when I did, I got the prayer answered. Very easy to become selfish when you're sick. Because you hurt. And you want to be well. I was working on my faith. Trying to get my faith up. Me, me, me. I know y'all have never done that. The Lord led me to go back and I began to meditate on the blood. Everything that good ever happened to you was because of the blood of Jesus. Communion is a time where we sit and go, thank you, you paid my debt and I'm born again because of you. And everything in my life is because of Jesus. And I stopped right there and I began to worship him. And healing came. Glory. So get the cup in your hand. We're going to do this first. Say this, Heavenly Father. Right now, I am reminded that it's the blood of Jesus. On the doorpost that stops the death angel washes all my sins away and so I have none you've redeemed me to God by your blood Lord Jesus thank you for shedding your blood for me and paying my debt I do this today in honor of what you did and I thank you I stand before you as though I've never sinned. The very righteousness of God. Thank you for the blood. This is the area people struggle with because it's physical. You're not waiting to get healed. It belongs to you. It's just as much yours as the home you live in. But when we take communion, you're going back and going, if he paid it, why am I paying it? Stop asking yourself, are you worthy? You aren't. God's never done anything for you or I because we earned it. Nothing. When we read the Bible, I want you to think about the fact that everybody... In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were sinners. How many did he heal? Why would he deny you now you're born again? If he didn't, you say, well, he did it because of Jesus. Yes, he did. But why did he send Jesus? Because he loves you. Sickness is an enemy. You, you don't need to have it. Now, I know you've gotten so accustomed to it. That it's like a friend of yours. If you didn't have your sickness, you wouldn't know what to do. And you can't even imagine yourself without it. But you need to. It's easier for you to be healed than born again. How hard was it to get saved? 
who just walked up here and prayed with somebody who probably wasn't even a pastor and you said, I believe Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead. And you went home with righteousness of God. You, the greatest miracle you ever had in your life was easy. Don't make it hard. I want you to take this and I don't want you to labor over it. I want you to start now thanking him for what he did. Give him glory. He bore your sickness. Don't, don't, don't try to muster faith. Don't try to create any. You just rejoice. Let him do his job. It's no harder to get healed than it is to get saved. Father, thank you that Jesus took his body on that cross and it was broken. And he went through a, a, a horrific deal for my healing, for our healing. There's people sitting in this room right now that have struggled with it for years. I pray that today is the end of the struggle. Stop trying to get healed and let you do your job. We're going to take this bread in a minute in, in remembrance of what you did, not what we're doing, and not what we need to do, all because of you. And right now, Father God, we rejoice and begin a life of joy unspeakable and full of glory because of what you did. And we thank you for answering our prayers in Jesus' name. Go ahead and take it. Isn't God good, Gene? You people who are older, stop the lie that you have to wear out. You don't. I think Doug Bankston's mama is how old? How old is she? She's over 100. Is she still teaching school? Yes. How close are you to 102? We will let you become decrepit at a 110. I'm trying to help you out right now. I've already prayed. Do y'all remember Peter Pan? If you are, you're old. Do you remember the prayer Peter Pan prayed? I will never go old. I will never. I made that vow. I, I'm not even a member of the seniors. Because they're all the old people. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I don't feel a day over 35 years of age inside. Now, the rest of me might rebel against that a little bit. But it's pure rebellion because I'm talking to you going, what, what is your problem? Don't get old inside. Stay young. Don't ever see yourself in a walker, in a wheelchair. When you go to Walmart, park, don't, don't park in a handicap. Park out there and walk in. You need to exercise. Come on. Rebel against. I mean, flat rebel against old age. I'm not getting old. No, you're not. Father, thank you for this morning. 
as we turn Erica loose, I thank you for this church. I pray everybody that walked in here today received something from you. Holy Spirit, fill us up. Teach us today. Start teaching us how to get so full of you that we literally look like the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere we go. It's going to be a process. We're going to do it in Jesus' name. I want you to welcome Erica. She's going to come up here and talk to you for a few minutes. Are you all excited? I've given her five minutes, but you know what that means to people who come? That's like 20. We don't know what they're going to do. No, I've, I told her she can do what she wants to. I think a lot of you are hungry, so I won't keep you here for 20 minutes. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, some of you have seen me before. Uh, I think before the primaries, I was here. So my name is Erica Garcia, and I'm the chairwoman for the Republican National Hispanic Assembly. And I'm also working directly with the Trump campaign. The reason why I'm here today is we only have exactly a month to register to vote. Uh, the rules in the state of Florida, the entire state of Florida, is that we need to be registered to vote, make all the changes, address changes, um, party affiliations, or anything that you want to do 30 days prior to the election. So that will be October 3rd. Any changes after that, you will probably not be able to vote on November 3rd. And to that as well, uh, if you uh, if that's what you want, absentee ballot, go ahead, but I encourage to vote in person. Um, there is a warfare right now to try to steal this election through mail-in voting, so I'm a firm believer more than ever to vote in person. But if you cannot do that for whatever reason, do absentee ballot, that's, that's okay. And the reason why I'm here today, besides uh, registering to vote, is to talk about the message of what's at stake. Like Pastor uh, Darrell said, this is not about Trump versus Biden, Republican versus Democrat. This is about America and keeping our country great, okay? And that does not mean that it wasn't great. It's great, but look at what's happening. We are one election to turn socialist. I was at an event yesterday in Kissimmee uh, with the Latinos for Trump, and I had a lot of people that came here from Venezuela. And as you know, what's happening to Venezuela. At one point, Venezuela was wealthier than the United States of America, and they're completely starving. And they are scared to death, because they say what's happening right now with the riot in the streets and the Marxism, it's, it's all a push for socialism. So if you want to defend our country, defend our freedom, defend the life of the unborn, defend our constitution, our God-given rights, our second amendment, school choice. I mean, there's no other choice, people. It's Trump or else. And I want you guys to be prepared spiritually, mentally, psychologically, because there is going to be a war. They already warned. Hillary Clinton already told Biden not to concede. We haven't even voted. Why are you telling him not to concede? Because they say, we're going to take it down to the streets. And they're giving us a taste of it. And we have Patriots America that are fighting back. If you guys have watched anything that would happen yesterday in Portland and as of this morning, they just shot a Trump supporter in Portland. And they said, here, we got a Trump voter. And they shot him dead in the, in the forehead. So you guys, we're about to, this was, I mean, it was not even in our mind months ago. Coronavirus was not even in our minds. We were swept under the rug. And if you think this is not going to happen, it is happening. And, and if you want to 
be able to just be left alone and, and be able to pray to God and, and raise your children. You have to vote. Get involved. Don't be scared. I mean, I've been attacked. My father won't speak to me. I've lost friends, but I wear that as a badge of honor. Because what I'm doing, I think I've been called by God to spread the word. Because I need to wake up people what's happening. And if you come from Latin America, we know. If America goes, where do we all go? Do you guys can think of a country where we can go? So there's no, there's no other. So raise your hand if you're not registered to vote. Everybody's registered to vote. If you have changed your address, if you want to change your party affiliation, I'll be out there. Please talk to people. October 3rd is the deadline. You can go to your supervisor of election for your county, and you can register online, so tell your friends. And thank you all for, for giving me this little time, and, and, let, and let's fight. America's worth it. Amen. Praise the Lord. America is worth it. Praise God. Well, this morning, I want our altar workers to come forward. They know who they are. And if you're here this morning and you would like to have prayer for anything, for any reason, they are here to take the time with you after service. Sometimes people just need time taken with them. Sometimes you don't have someone to pray with at home to get an agreement with you. But we always will have prayer and altar workers here on Sunday morning go, I'm going to get an agreement with you. God will answer our prayer. If two or more shall agree on earth as touching anything they ask. It shall be done for you by your Father who's in heaven. He loves you. He's waiting for you to ask in faith in the name of Jesus. If you're here this morning and you know what's coming up is true, what Erica said, that's very important. What, you know, where are we going to go? I can't think of one place to go. Belize? I've been to Belize. There was a time where people thought that Belize would be a great place to run. It is not a great place to run. You need to trust me. It's okay to go snorkeling for a couple of days, but then I was glad to get out. So um, th the thing is, is that, but then let's search our souls. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And whereas there's a line being drawn right now in the, in, in the it's the same in the spiritual you're going one place or the other. I'm sorry, there's no gray middle ground. You're going one place or the other. And if you haven't made Jesus Lord, you are going to hell. And I don't want you to go there. I'm not being mean to you. I'm loving you because I'm telling you the truth. I don't want you to go there. If you're here today and you don't ever remember a time where you said, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I don't just believe in God. I believe in you. And thank you for what you did for me. And I accept that blood sacrifice. I accept you taking my sins. Come into my heart and be Lord. You are born again. You are on your way to heaven. No, you're not perfect. I'm not calling you up to be perfect. I'm calling you up to have just a perfect heart. God will take care of your brain and your mind and your flesh. If you'll just let him have your heart, but that's an act of your will. It's not that it's hard. It's just that sometimes people don't want to let him have the reign of their heart. But if you're here today and you're like, I don't know that I've done that. You come up here this morning. And if you're with someone who you know that maybe needs to get back in fellowship with God and just reconfirm that, bring them up, come up with them, have them pray. The Holy Spirit will help you and he'll help you change your life. He's not asking you to come up changed. I'm going to wait till my life gets better. No, don't do that. 
it may be too late. We don't ever wait till your life gets better. Just come up and ask Jesus to come in your life and he'll make your life better. Let him work on you. Amen. Praise the Lord.